You're listening to the Body Literacy Podcast, your connection to the art and science of feeling really good body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host and holistic health coach, Jen Mayo. If you've never experienced truth and freedom inside your body, an amazing adventure is about to begin. Healing happens in community. Body literacy is your tribe. Join me in discovering the keys to fearlessly unlocking your body's innate intelligence and resilience. Turn on to the wisdom of your body as we connect your wellness dots by exploring whole person healing from neuroscience and nutrition to sexual health and sleep. Join the wellness revolution and start speaking your body's language. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to the most profound and impactful piece of health technology I've encountered in three decades of navigating my own health challenges. LifeWave is a wearable health technology that uses your own light energy to optimize your health. If you've followed the Body Literacy Podcast for any period of time, you likely already know that I'm a bit of a walking science experiment. I have a passion for exploring how time-honored ancient healing arts can be coupled with modern science and technology to optimize our health, wellness, and vitality, and how we can empower ourselves with the knowledge and optimization of our own onboard wisdom and healing potential rather than viewing the human body as a problem to be solved. LifeWave's phototherapy patches use light to stimulate the body's natural healing systems. By applying LifeWave's non-transdermal patches to specific points on the body similar to acupressure, where the patch covers the skin, infrared light emitted from the body is reflected back into the tissue, stimulating specific regions of the brain and tapping into the body's own flow of energy and the ability to heal itself. LifeWave patches are not intended to treat any specific condition or disease, but rather support the body's own innate healing mechanisms. When we take a holistic approach to health and consider there is really only one state of dis-ease in the body imbalance, rather than the 32,000 diseases defined by conventional medicine, rebalancing the body and supporting our own built-in capacity to heal becomes a journey of ease rather than a frustrating and disempowering struggle to control dis-ease. Energy medicine operates by a different set of rules than material medicine. I talk about experience-based medicine a lot, and LifeWave is simply a therapy you have to take for a test drive to feel the benefits for yourself. To learn more or try them out, just visit genmayo.com LifeWave. Today on the Body Literacy Podcast, I am joined by Rebecca Kelly of Virtue Skin Food. Rebecca began creating batches of skincare products to address her own skin health challenges in order to create solutions that nourished her skin and body while avoiding chemical-laden products that accelerate aging and disrupt hormones. She developed her nourishing skincare line after recognizing that pharmaceutical makers were using transdermal delivery methods to administer medications through the skin and decided that a skincare regimen could likewise leverage the body's ability to integrate nutrients directly through the skin. She uses our body's natural absorption technology to deliver nutraceuticals that nourish the skin, body, and mind through her organic and wild-crafted line of skin elixirs and healing serums. She now delivers a line of skincare products that uses the wisdom of natural plant medicine and food-grade nutrition, providing the nutritive tools for anyone to have a healthier body inside and out through the care of the largest organ in the body, our skin. So welcome to the show today, Rebecca. It's so nice to have you with us. Thanks so much for having me. I really love being here. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just wanted to start out that Rebecca and I met at the Weston Price conference a number of years ago, and she was there with her Virtue Skin Food. And I had the opportunity to go over to your booth and try out some of the products that you were offering. And I wasn't really familiar with the term skin food at that point in time, but was really blown away by the products you were offering and just how like luxurious they were on my skin. I didn't buy any from you that day and kind of later reconnected and started using your products myself. But that was just kind of revolutionary for me to kind of stumble onto this concept of skin food. And I remember asking you what makeup you were wearing because your skin was just radiant. (laughs) And I'll never forget you were like, oh, I'm not wearing any makeup. (laughs) 
And we kind of got in a conversation about the different ingredients that are in conventional skincare products and how even places like Whole Foods and stuff like that, who we think of as carrying healthier brands, don't always necessarily. So we kind of got onto that topic and and you educated me a little bit more about skin food and and so forth then. So I know that you've got your own personal journey with regards to how you came into developing your own skin food line. Can you kind of go into your history with that and tell us a little bit more about how Virtue Skin Food came to be? I'd love to. And it's a journey that actually still continues mm-hmm. because, of course, as we mature, our skin continues to evolve. So of course, um, my skincare continues to evolve. But it started out whenever I, as a young girl, as I started kind of being more aware of like hair and makeup and you know skincare and beauty, started heading into you know your local drugstore and buying products. And I would think, oh, you know, it's beauty in a bottle. And so, of course, you know, I don't know if you remember back then, but like I would buy all these different things. I'd read the back and what they promised they'll do. And I'd put them on and I would end up breaking out in hives or I'd have a rash or my eyes would swell shut. And I'd be like, this is not what they promised. Right. My right. mom would run me off to the dermatologist, like, what's wrong with her? You know, and the dermatologist would be like, um, Miss Kelly, I uh, think you need to, he'd ask me what I put on my skin. And of course he'd like pull out the fact that I had gathered my money and purchased some things. And he'd be like, I think you need to not put products on your skin. So we ended up like, you know, as a young girl, that's really hard to do because you just want to take care of your skin. So I started heading into the health food store and trying stuff there, but I found that it actually was still creating issues and, or I didn't like the consistency or the smell and So I just literally started creating things for myself. Just in my early teens, I would actually go and get the different oils and potions and I'd mix them together and put essential oils in them. And uh, it was just kind of a path to just trying to figure out what to do. And I'd have reactions, of course, not always just to what was on my skin. Sometimes it'd be something I ate or, you know, something I had been exposed to. I was pretty much, you know, the princess and the pea from the the story, you know, growing up with a, you know, they put the pea in her bed and all the mattresses and she couldn't sleep. Like that was kind of like me. I would like whatever (laughs) was reacting to it. Right. So I just really learned to be super careful about my skin. And it, at the time I hated it. It was so upsetting to have rashes and breakouts and swelling. Like I, I was embarrassed to go into school sometimes because my face would be all blown up, but it really taught me that my body is very delicate and I really can listen to it and hear what's going on. And so it started kind of this at first I was angry with my body for creating all these problems. Right. Cause I just right. wanted to beautiful, whatever, you know, that thing was that was in the local magazine, like Vogue or whatever. Right. Right. And so I just literally had to kind of go down this journey of creating things for myself. And it wasn't until probably about 15 years ago, maybe 10, like 12, that a girlfriend of mine said to me, Oh my gosh, Rebecca, like, you know, your skin looks really amazing. My skin's just not doing so well. You know, what skincare products would you recommend? And I just realized I didn't have anything to offer her. I was like, you mm-hmm. know, let me do some research. And she's like, well, why don't you just tell me what you use? And I said, right. well, I my own. and she's like, stop it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I never thought about it that way. Cause I just would create it for myself. It had just evolved over a period of time. Right. right. And right. each time and it was interesting to create skincare for myself, but then start thinking about someone else using it. So suddenly I started paying attention to things I wasn't always paying attention to, like consistency, because, you know, I would whip it up and it wasn't quite right. I'd be like, ah, it'll be right. fine. You know? But when you think about someone else using it, you start creating it a little bit differently. Right. Um, and then I started thinking about like what bottle, how do you dispense it? And I'm a very lazy beauty person. My routine <laughs> takes me two to five minutes a day. Yeah. And I literally put like toner and spray bottles in my face food or my moisturizer kind of thing or serum is in a roller ball. Things that make it more fast and speedy. And also because the ingredients are quite precious and they're not inexpensive, I don't want to waste them. Right. Right. And I want to put something on a cotton pad and then throw the cotton pad away, adding to a landfill that I don't need to. But then also all the great stuff is in that cotton pad that you just barely put some on your face. 
So I really started to evolve it and started, she started using it, loved it. It actually helped heal her skin. And then she started telling other friends about it. And so it just kind of ended up expanding from that, but it was just me solving my own problems. Right. Yeah. And yeah. luckily, you know, we're as human beings, a lot of times when we're solving our problems, we're also solving problems for other people, right. That they haven't. So, right. and I think is the gift that we give to the world, right. When we're able to use our skills yeah. and on helping heal our body and we're able to help other people then, right. By our right. Mind. Right. Yeah. What, what we're able to learn for ourselves, it's a gift to be able to pass on to others. Yeah. So I love it. I love, I love what I do. I love creating skincare. I love the fact that I know when someone is using it, that it's life supporting, life affirming, it's helping them. And, you know, it's not for everybody, right? Different people have different reactions. We can have natural reactions. So sometimes I do some essential oils and some of my skincare because essential oils are healing, but they don't work for everybody. Right. Right, So it really is tailored to what it works for that individual. Right. That. It's not a one size fits all kind of solution. It is not a one size fits Which all. Which nothing really is. Yeah. Health is really individual. And, you know, my brother is deathly allergic to pork. I mm-hmm. actually end up with stomach issues. I have a friend who has no issues, right? And that's just right. one thing that's very natural, right? Right. And Right. Yeah. So kind of building on this, this notion of skin food, skin is really like the largest organ of the body. And I don't think most people even think of skin as being an organ, but it is. And it's more like a sponge than a barrier and as an organ of, a, of elimination, right? That's so it's right. similar to the kidneys or the colon. It's, it's letting things come out as well as things go in much like the membranes of the cells in our body. So it's, it's really a two-way street for substances to, to come in or out. Why is knowing that important to how we choose our skincare products? So important. And I'm so glad that I start hearing now and a lot of even just mainstream media, the mm-hmm. importance of what you're putting on your skin. It didn't used to be like whenever I first started skin food, people would almost roll their eyes at me when I would say, wow, <laughs> what you put on your skin feeds your body. Oh no, the skin protects you. And it's like, well, yes, it does protect you, but it also absorbs within a very short amount of time, whatever you put on it. And when I say short amount of time, I mean seconds, right? right. Seconds would absorb. And it depends on where, you know, you're putting stuff on. So your face area, I think is much more sensitive than like your arm, right? Your mm-hmm. arm's not going to be absorbing as quickly. But then if you talk about like genitals and underarms, it really goes right into the bloodstream. And right. if you think about it, there is a lot of things that we, medications that we put on our skin without even thinking about it, but we do know that it goes within our bloodstream. And that's actually what kind of happened to me, like midway through to making my skincare, I had a period where I got really ill. I was under a lot of stress. I was like going through a divorce. I got laid off from work. It was like the perfect storm. Yeah. And I was just not able to keep weight on. I was looking ghastly. I was losing hair. It was just like, you know, just- right. Right. <laughs> you I've been through a similar thing. Yes. Yeah. You you know, like it's (laughs) that moment where you're just like, okay, I got to get this stuff together and I got to get it together by starting very basic. And so I actually started looking at my skincare, not just from a beauty perspective, but I started looking at it from a, how can I feed my body from external since my gut is so messed up. right? Right. And so I really started focusing and I, that's when I actually created my body butter and the body butter has all these yummy delicious butters and oils. And it's just all the vitamins that you can think about, right? And it's all raw, right? And you put it on your skin and you absorb it. And I just noticed that I started coming back. It just really started slowly helping my body heal. And it was one of those things where I was just like, it was like that eureka moment that if you're putting a nicotine patch on your skin, or if you're applying your hormones on your skin, or if you're applying like all these things that we don't, really think about, but when you do, it makes complete and other sense. And then the fact that not only are you getting rid of things that are within your body toxic wise, right? You're trying to put them out and your skin is your last line of getting rid of toxins. So if you're starting to have skin issues, it means your other systems are backed up, which means you really need to start looking at those other systems, your kidneys, your colon, like, right. So your skin's basically saying I'm congested for a reason, like, hello, and so it's time to actually listen and pay attention and be like, all right, what can I do? And if you're continuing to slather on some things that might not be so good for you, you're continuing the toxic load and you're continuing to burden yourself. 
And you really want to take a look at those things that you're exposing. And skincare, of course, to me is like typically people do it. They apply some sort of skincare, whether it's lotion, you know, whatever they're doing, they're applying something, soap, cleanser, makeup remover. There's so many different things, men and women. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so you have to start thinking, okay, if I'm already applying something, just like you can swap out your bad foods for good foods, right? You can swap out your toxin loaded skincare for health affirming, vibrant skincare that's going to support you and help your body heal. Right. Right. And I think there's this conversation that's just starting to make it into the mainstream about endocrine disruption and how the products we put on our skin really impact the chemicals inside of our bodies, the natural chemicals inside of our bodies and and how those maintain balance and are able to keep proper production. And certainly I know there's a lot with like xenoestrogens, right? And mm-hmm. and certain skincare products or a lot of skincare products that most people aren't aware of and maybe even counterproductive to what they're trying to do with putting on topically. And no one says, oh, I'm going to take skincare that's not going to be good for me and put it on, right? Right, <laughs> right. Like, right. you know, but you know, so generally you're looking for something that's going to provide some sort of hydration or some soap that's going to be extra foamy because it feels like it's more, you know, it's cleaning you better. Right. Like those, a lot of those products, while they provide that initial, whatever it is you're looking for, the long-term effect is what we're looking at. So we really right. want to look at something that does not add to the long-term burden. And right. We're surrounded by toxins every day. Our body is built to deal with it. It's just when it becomes too much that it becomes an issue. And so sometimes, you know, people can deal with things, but then all of a sudden, like for me, I had this whole crisis that was going on in my life. And suddenly my body was like, wow, overload. Right. And you got to be extra gentle and extra careful and really be looking out for those things that could be creating a burden. And, you know, not to you know tout my own skincare, but I am here talking about skincare and of course I am. But, you know, one of the the challenges is a lot of skincare, even healthy skincare is in plastics and plastics are one of our challenges, right? Whenever we look at it and talk to pretty much anyone who's a thought leader in the space of health and wellness. And they say, really get things that you're absorbing, um, like plastic over food or plastic containers, you know, get it out of your house. Well, if you're then putting skincare that your body does eat and absorb, out of a bottle that's plastic onto your skin, you're absorbing it also that way. So it's something to really keep in mind. And so I don't know, I'm just going to show like one of my bottles, but like I use the glass, right? Right. And this is actually a purple glass that repels uh, UV light. So I don't have to put preservatives in because preservatives also stops the bioavailability of a product, but it also stops it from decaying or, you know, going bad. Right. Right. But light typically is one of our, the challenges, right? Light, you know, starts to help things decay and break down, which is what we want. Otherwise you don't right. have, you know, but so, not for the longevity of your product. <laughs> exactly. Right. So you want to really also think about the container, the container matters, but it's something that people can be so focused on what's inside that they're not thinking about what's actually holding the ingredients could also be absorbing into them. And then your body has to deal with that. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And the impacts on, on the earth and the environment in terms of throwing that container away afterwards too. Right. Yeah. Glass is so much easier to recycle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Um, So, I mean, this other thing is like skincare really isn't just about what you topically put on your skin too. I mean, we're talking about skin food here, but can you kind of break down for me what your skincare routine is? I would love to. My favorite thing. And actually, if you don't mind, I'm just going to do a little demo. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. um, So I have a skincare routine for face and for body. Mm -hmm. I'm going to demonstrate, I think, face since that's what's available here, but the equivalent is the same for the body. And if you think about it, you actually, your body has more surface area. So it has a lot larger area to basically nourish Mm -hmm. and to treat. So I think it's very easy for us to focus on our faces because that's what's, you know, forward, but you do want to think about the rest of your body. You're not just a face, right? Mm -hmm. Your skin covers everything. Right. And as you mentioned, you know, it is a sponge and use it, use it to heal yourself, use it to nourish yourself. So 
I start with step one, which a lot for a lot of people is cleansing or cleaning. To me, step one is detoxing. And I believe in brushing your skin. And I actually lucked out in that my mother started by brushing me when I was a little kid. So I highly recommend it for moms, especially for their children. It's just a great way to really teach children how to care for themselves and also to self-soothe because it puts you in parasympathetic calm, which is the opposite of fight and flight. And it gets your body prepared and ready for what you're about to do to take care of it. So it's a great beginning step. Now, if you're wearing makeup, I would say take your makeup off because you want to start with clean, dry skin. And my skin is actually clean and dry. And I like the little face brush, you know, just so I can get in all the crevices and, you know, it's a little bit more gentler. And then for my body brush, I actually like the one that fits into my hand that I can actually then rub on my body. And what's nice is actually when you order from me, the brushes, although all I say is get a boar bristle brush that you think is comfortable. You don't have to get it from me. I just provide them because a lot of times people are like, I don't know where to go to get a brush. Right. So right. Just help you. But there's actually a little mini diagram that shows you how to do it. Right. But and really, it's important to use like a, a natural bristle brush, not oh, like yes, a plastic. Not plastic. Yeah. Not plastic. Okay. You'll get little micro tears, which you can probably heal. But if for any reason, if you get a micro tear and then you get some sort of thing, it can really, it can decimate your skin. Like, yeah. Just, okay. No, we yeah. don't want to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so you for anybody who's before. listening, Rebecca is, is rubbing her face with this smaller facial brush that she just, yeah. just described in sort of circular motions. And what's amazing about it is it's actually, you can immediately, it's like, you know, when you get a massage, it feels so different than when you try to give yourself a massage Right. with brushing. It's like immediate, like you can feel it. It just starts to soothe you. I just suddenly am feeling very luxurious and relaxed. And it's, it's a really quick biohack to use the term for getting your body into parasympathetic calm. It just gets you out of fight or flight. And, you know, I will say being filmed and talking is a little fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm, so I'm right. really soothing myself right now. I should, I should yeah. go get one right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just for kind of clarification on, on fight or flight versus this calming mechanism that you've described. So the, the autonomic nervous system can be in, in one or the other. It can be in the sympathetic state, which is fight or flight, like you described, which so many of the diseases and chronic conditions that people are suffering from these days are really from being in that state far too regularly. We just have very stressful lives that are busy and more threats that are different than ones we had in in our ancestral past. So anything you can do in terms of self-care to shift yourself out of that fight or flight mode and into the parasympathetic mode. And I don't think many people would think of, of skin brushing as doing that, but I think that's really fascinating. And I had never thought about it until you and I had kind of started talking about it. It's really an inexpensive, quick, fast way to get yourself to calm. I mean, you can go meditate, you know, but sometimes meditation can be a challenge depending upon your situation. But I mean, you can even be sitting at your desk and pull out your brush and start skin brushing. People might wonder what you're doing, but um, (laughs) you're sitting at work. You know what? You're going to be so calm. It's not going to matter. But you can see actually my face is kind of pink. Uh Uh-huh. It just kind of got very pink and it's because the blood's coming to the surface, which you want because it brings the nutrition. It's just helping to kind of stimulate, move things can can get very sluggish and just puts me in this great sense of calm and peace. It also brings a lot of the things in your pores out, which is what you want, right? Right. Push things out which helps you detoxify. And actually, if you got a, a one of those big mirrors and looked at your pores, you'd actually see things starting to come out, which seemed gross. Oh, I hate those but- mirrors. They're dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just scary. <laughs> so, the, so that's the first step, right? Detox. Yeah. Now that you've got basically all those toxins, I want them to come out now. I don't want them to be reabsorbed, right? right. And so I actually, I love the little natural sponges. And so I like to wash with those. And so my next stage, now that I've gotten the toxins up on the surface and Mm -hmm. my, my, my body's calm and ready for, you know, the treatments. And now that I'm in this place of really appreciating 
my body because that's the other thing is really embracing your skincare and anytime that you take care of yourself with gratefulness, right? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to get sometimes frustrated with certain issues that you might have with skin or body or whatever, but think about what your body does for you every day, every minute, right? right? Just being really grateful for it and that it just keeps showing up for you, you right? Exactly. Where else would we live if it didn't show up for us? (laughs) And so I actually use soap, although I also offer a cleanser that helps remove makeup, my cocoa cleanser. And this is also for people with super dry skin. So sometimes like if I have really dry skin or for mature, I use this, but I actually love my soap. You know, you can tell it's made by hand and it's really just, you know, the basic one's just two ingredients, which is olive oil and coat's milk. Mm-hmm. And so all I do is take my sponge. I've got a little bowl of water next to me that you can't see. Okay. And I literally, so you're just rubbing the damp sponge on top of right. the, the bar. So as you can imagine, this lasts a long time because, and it doesn't get super, super soapy. I don't know. You probably can't tell, but it's very slippery. It feels really nice, very moisturizing, very hydrating. And then I just rinse it off. All right. With and I will with- say you are, since the brushing, you are looking much rosier. Oh yeah. I'm very pink. That means yeah. all that blood's there and it's all stimulated. Sorry. I love my own routine. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. I'm kind of jealous. I'm not doing really it. really lovely also about a routine because you, you get to do it without even thinking about it and you're still caring for yourself. So when your routines right. are healthy and healing, they're really great because you look forward to it. Yeah. Then I just pat dry and my skin actually is, you can't, it's really, I wish you could see it, but it's actually very hydrated. It's not yeah. like a lot of times you'll have that squeaky feel after soap. You don't right. have that. Right. And again, you know, the goat's milk is natural alpha hydroxy acid, which helps flush off, you know, the dead skin cells. Okay. And of course, olive oil is just known for being such a great oil for your skin. Right. Um, it's super hydrated. And now I've got a really great clean face and I'm going to put toner on, which helps balance my pH. And I put toner, like I mentioned earlier, in spray bottles, just makes it faster. I'm not putting it on a cotton ball. I'm not throwing part of the product away. And also I can apply exactly what I need. And right. I have two different toners that I use. Glow toner actually has a fruit acid in it. And I use it because my, you know, look at your grandmother and your mother and you pretty much know what kind of skin you're going to have, right? Yeah. And yeah. so they had what my grandmother called liver spots, which oh, is right. those large spots, right? So I, I'm battling a few right here. And so fruit acids are really the most effective way. They're actually more effective than chemical typically. Yeah. So I just spritz on if it's in the morning with that. And if it's... Um, so delicious. And then if it's at night, I use my tranquil toner, just calms me down. It's also for people with highly, and it's aloe based, right? Versus okay. the other one, fruit acid based. I'm right. just getting one too, because it's delicious. And that, you know, a little bit will do you. Great. Great. So now that I've got that on there, I just let it dry. And real, real quick, back to the purpose of the toner is the primary purpose of that to balance your pH. For me, I mean, you can skip it, like if you're in a rush, but part of it is I also look at what I'm doing to heal my skin and aloe, I find for me, I know some people have allergies to aloe, but I find aloe is actually just very super soothing. Mm -hmm. I'm from Florida and I used to just take aloe leaves and put it on, but it's really, now that I'm up in DC, I don't have access to aloe like that. And so I just, I find that it's just very soothing and calming for me. Okay. So I am thinking about like, how am I feeding my skin? And that's Mm -hmm. one of the ways that for me, it really calms down. And when, with the fruit acid, right. That helps me with the dark spots, which I don't want, you know, like, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a little vain. Yeah. (laughs) And I just don't want those because people see those things instead of you sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can hold off for another 10 years or so, that would be great. But if you need to, if you want to skip it, you can skip it. I just find it's part of the process. It's very healing. You know, initially you can smell the scent of the fruit acid. It's very vinegary, but it goes away. You don't smell it anymore. Yeah. And my skin also has a nice tingle feel. So I actually do believe you do kind of pay attention to like how your skin is feeling after things. Cause it, a lot of times will talk to you and tell you if it likes something or doesn't like it. Right. Right. It's very happy. So, okay. Okay. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? Is that, is that a forbidden question? I don't know. No, not at all. Okay. No, 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 no. I think I'm 52, 53. I lose track. Are you I really? Because I my year coming up and then, but I'm pretty sure it's 52. I was born in 68. 
That okay. Right. Uh, for anybody, for anybody who's listening and can't can't see visually the interview right here, I, you literally look like you're maybe 32. I would never in a million years have guessed that you were even over 40. So Thank obviously, you. what you've been doing is working. <laughs> and on that note, though, I think I think there's this whole concept of trying to stop the aging process, but I don't really think. That shouldn't even be the question we're asking. I think so many things in our modern lives are accelerating aging. So I think we need to shift the conversation to how do we stop accelerating aging and just age the way we're actually supposed to. Well, because it's not about the years on earth, right? We want as many of those as we can. It's how vibrant are they? You know, how active are we? Are we engaged? Are we starting to show the fact like, you know, what happens is skin start showing that it's not recovering as much, right? So that's why you start seeing the age spots and the wrinkles and the sluggishness and, right, you like start looking more waxen. It's not vibrant and we want to be vibrant and healthy and we want to live as many years as we can on the earth. Right, right. Yeah. I just wanted to take a quick minute out of today's episode to tell you about ZRT Laboratories at-home hormone testing. ZRT has 20 years of experience and is a leader in innovative, safe, and meaningful hormone and wellness testing. When produced in balance, your symphony of hormones determine optimal mental and physical health and functioning, including healthy weight management and metabolic functioning, mood, libido, fertility, energy, and sleep quality, as well as how they contribute to the creation or avoidance of chronic health conditions. To keep things functioning at their best, the body must constantly fine-tune hormone release to keep levels within proper limits. An imbalance in one system can cascade into imbalances in others, which is why the diurnal saliva cortisol test is the cornerstone of the body literacy method for understanding how stress and trauma set the stage for hormone imbalances that affect your health, wellness, and vitality. Visit the Body Literacy Shop today to purchase our ZRT Laboratory at-home cortisol saliva test and other at-home hormone test kits available to help you get to the root cause of your health and wellness challenges. Shop online at shop.bodyliteracy.me and enter the discount code PODCASH at checkout for $10 off your purchase of $100 or more. And now back to today's episode. Then, you know, then the next step is what I call nourish. And so I use a healing serum which I also call, you know, this is my face food. And I put it in a roller ball just because that way you can manage how much you need to apply. You're not wasting it. I, you know, have it in the bottles again, worried about spillage. I don't know. I drop, I spill. There's just something about me. And I guess, you know, I just find, (laughs) you know, and if it's an expensive product, I seem to spill that one. Right. I did that. I did that the other day. I had like a $60 bottle of this stuff and I like, it was gone. That's the one that gets spilled. So I need it basically proof for myself. And I literally just roll it wherever I need it. And you can always tell, and I do hit my neck. Mm -hmm. So I just apply a little bit and usually my products last me about three months. Mm -hmm. You don't need a lot. Again, there's also, I don't think I mentioned to you that there's no water or fillers in my products. Every single ingredient is to support and nourish your skin. Because to me, that's really what my focus is, right? Water, actually it's fabulous to drink it. It hydrates you, but when you put it on your skin, it just evaporates. Right. So I just tap it in so that there's no like pulling. And, okay. You know. So in your, you're tapping for anybody who's listening, it's, I'm it's tapping. more of a padding motion rather than a pulling over your skin. No, no extra. And then of course, don't forget your lips. So step five is lip repair because this is part of your yeah, and I will say I, I bought this recently and, and I'm a connoisseur of organic lip care products, but this one by far has been so luxurious. It's been a treat to be able to use it. So it's I'm yummy. Well, you can taste yeah. the honey, which is yeah. So yeah. Yes. This is the one thing where unfortunately I do put it in plastic and I hate that it is, but it is BPA free plastic. But what I found is the little jar mm-hmm. will melt or like, and I ended up losing part of it. So I did the jar for a while. And this is where I actually decided to give in to convention mm-hmm. and ease. So okay. 
So. And you've got the lip stain products too. And I'll say, I just, I just tried those for the first time too. And those are fantastic. And mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting that, but I think in terms of maybe there's one step further, we have to think when we're applying products to our lips and how easy it is to ingest whatever's going on there. So there's another layer of you're eating it. Thinking, yeah, you're eating toxins rather. I mean, it's bad enough to put it on your skin, but now you're doing both. You're putting it on your skin and you're ingesting it. So the lip care products, I think more people need to kind of think in terms of the broader impact those are having on them. As you can tell, that's very fast, very quick, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And I frankly enjoyed the whole process. It's just, and it's, and it's just, just a moment to really appreciate and give thanks and be great. Yeah. Yeah. And to set the tone so that your body's really receiving what you're giving it. Yeah. I think that really is important to not be angry at your body. Because sometimes I think when we're having issues, it's so easy to be angry at our bodies because it's talking to us and we don't want to hear what it has to say. Exactly. Instead, it's like, oh, what can I do for you? Like I, I notice whenever I start breaking out or something happens, I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to do for you? Like I've not, I've not been paying attention. Right. And I need exactly. to what exactly the whole gratitude plays into how it gives back to you. So it really, absolutely does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But thanks for letting me share that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate being able to watch that. And it really is a, a pretty simple routine. Um, it's maybe, I think, I think so much with any kind of shift in healthcare, just creating new habits, even if they're not more time consuming or laborious than what people are used to doing, just, just creating a new habit takes some getting used to, right? So I don't think that's any different in this situation either. And I know that, you know, it is strange in that I think a lot of people are so used to lotions. They're not used to oils, although I think oils have started coming to their own. Like people are starting to be more familiar with serums. And oh, one of the things I did not mention though, is that the face food is basically the natural form of retin-A. And the difference between this and retin-A is retin-A is a synthetic, right? Mm -hmm, Right. And retin a, actually you have peeling, you have dryness, you have sensitivity. You can't go out in the sun because whenever you use the natural form, your body has to convert what it needs. And when it converts what it needs, it's not, it doesn't get an overdose. So retin-A gives you an overdose of retin-A. So okay. the nice thing is you're still getting the benefits of anti-aging, healing, repair without getting the side effects of the other. Okay. So okay. That's what we and I think one caveat there that a lot of people don't necessarily understand is the patent system and pharmaceuticals and so many medications even that we have come to have as commonplace in our medical culture are derived from herbal and plant products, but you can't patent an herbal or, or plant product. So basically we've, we've developed this system with patents where scientists have extracted certain components from mm-hmm. the herbal products in order to create a synthetic version in a lab that can be patented and marketed in, in such a way. So if we kind of look back to the, to the roots and study how we can incorporate these more natural products into our lives. We get a more nourishing version, like you were talking about with, with the natural version of Retin-A. Which that, is frankly that doesn't... how I created my products is by looking at what was in your typical product line and saying, what's the natural version of this? Exactly. Right? That's how I started, you know, exactly. like literally like looking it up, going and you know, and this is before Google, right? right. <laughs> going into the library and looking that thing up and being like, what library? Is what is that? Um, you know, and oh, what's the natural equivalent of it? And that's why when I first created things, they'd be all goopy and weird looking because I was getting those raw ingredients and just saying, okay, this is a synthetic, but there's a reason why it's in here. Like mm-hmm. you said, right? Yeah. Because financially you can charge for it. And oh, okay. What is the natural equivalent? And there is a natural equivalent. Yeah. At the time, really wasn't being offered in a way that I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. You mentioned, I think, briefly earlier, something about skin congestion. Can you explain what that is? Well, our bodies just, you know, our skin, just like anything, just like our other organs, right, mm-hmm. can get congested. They can have a, a challenge in detoxifying and kicking out the toxins, right? So things can happen. You can have breakouts, right? Like you can break pimples, you can have rashes, 
Um, you can end up with eczema, right? There's all sorts of different skin conditions that are typically your skin saying, Hey, I'm having a hard time detoxifying, you know, okay. help me out here. Okay. And so it just skins the last, which means you need to look at everything else. You know, you need to look at your kidneys. What's the functioning going on there? You need to look at like, are you evacuating your colon appropriately? Like all those different things you you're basically getting a backup. Right. And so when your skin starts showing you that there's things going on, it lets you know your other systems also are backed up since it's the last line of defense. Okay. Because you're basically, for instance, like hair is not necessary. That's one of the reasons why we have a tendency to lose it whenever we're under emotional, physical, or illness, right? The body's like, wait, I don't need this. Let me get rid of it. Why am I nourishing it? Right. We need to, we need to allocate those resources to more vital processes. And your body's just so smart. It starts, it's, you know, it, it starts wherever it can, but then when it starts getting to that point, that lets you know, you're really, your body's in crisis and it's starting to right. very much break down and you're moving into dis-ease, yes. right? So right. listen to it when it starts talking to you and you're getting rashes or congestion or breakouts. Okay. What's going on body? What can right. I do for you? And right. starting to be your own, you know, doctor, right. And figuring right. it out and consulting the experts as you need, but right. like really kind of figuring out like what's going on, you know, is it just my body doesn't like dairy, which is what happens to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that ice cream. No, <laughs> but different people have different things that they have to better understand. Right. But that's a great question, Jen. That's okay. Question. Yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit earlier about safety of skincare products. I know this can be like a really overwhelming subject for people who are new to the idea that a lot of skincare products or even household products for that matter can be toxic to their bodies. Are there tools or, or how do how do people approach determining which personal care products or ingredients are a no-no on the list and, and which ones they should gravitate towards? Hey, the first simplest one, I think, is flip over your ingredients and see if you can read them. If you can't, it's probably something you probably shouldn't be putting on your skin. Just like it's the same thing for your food in the grocery store, right? When you flip it over and you can't pronounce those things, most likely it's not natural. Right. So that's the simplest, right? And, you know, quickest way. But let's say you really, you know, want to understand and better have a perspective. I know for me, it started out as called skindeep.com, but I think now it's just ewg.com, environmental working group. And yep. they have it for now food and for skin. It used to just be just skincare products, but okay. they also have it for food. But if you go there, ewg.com, and then type in, your product, it will usually give you a ranking of risk factors, you know, carcinogenic, endocrine, it'll give you different rankings and tell okay. you where it is on a scale. And it used to be zero to 10. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if they changed it. They actually are constantly making it better. So yeah, I, might I know they, they have a new label for the top products that are probably considered they, the zeros okay. now. Yeah. They were starting to get certifications, which starts making me nervous because to me, certifications, a lot of times you pay for them mm -hmm. and really it just needs to be about looking at the ingredients and does yeah. it, is it good for your health or not? So, you know, keep an eye on that for mm -hmm. sure. But it definitely gives you a ranking. Now, for products like mine, they're not going to be in the database for smaller. Yeah. You know, it's more for large larger corporations. Yeah, yeah, it's larger corporations. So then you can search by an ingredient also. Oh, unless okay. They that. So you can put in an ingredient and it'll tell you what the risk factors are for an ingredient. So if it doesn't okay. have the product, but you see the ingredients on the back, because they are required, everybody's required to list what's in there. And okay. you see an ingredient, you're not sure, cut and paste it in and then just see what the risk is around that. So you can just do it ingredient by ingredient to see. Okay. I think okay. that's the, you know, and it does take work. You have to be really careful. I know whenever I first want to, you know, one of my really good friends started, you know, looking at changing out his skincare routine, he said to me, oh, I don't need your cleanser. I use the one that I get at Whole Foods. And I said, double check it. Just be sure, you know, like right, right. you around for a long time. And he's like, oh, how do I do that? And I sent him to the EWG website. He checked in and he came back and he's like, it's 10 out of 10 bad for me. Like, why oh, would no. they come there? And I said, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, send me your cleanser as soon as possible. I'm going to throw right. this in the garbage. And I know it's also, especially for us women, sometimes when we spend quite a bit of money on things, it's very hard for us to let them go. We feel like we need to use it and then we'll change it over to the stuff. Right. 
But sometimes but it takes two years to go through a bottle of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. Just go ahead and say, I'm doing this for me, you know, and drop it in the garbage and get yourself a, a product that's really good for you. It's just not worth your health. Right. You're going to pay for it much more in the end. That's my recommendation. But right. I know it's hard because we're like, oh, we bought that or we bought this and we don't want to be wasteful. But it's actually causing, if you find out it's a 10 out of 10, you're causing harm to yourself. Don't do it. You know? Right. Right. Don't do it. And there's so many great skincare products now that are on the market that weren't when I first was out there, but now mm-hmm. they're, you know, there's so many options out there. Go, go find them. You'll have a delicious, you know, skincare routine. That's really taking care of your skin and supporting you. And I think part of that too is, is the market will deliver what the consumer is demanding. And I think there's so much more consumer demand now for healthier products and people who are being proactive about not just trusting what they're being told by, you know, a manufacturer's advertising campaign, but are starting to go out and do the research and align with brands that are in alignment with their own values regarding health. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's more, more and more in the minds of individuals to really, and to not just look at greenwashing either, just because you recognize something like green tea does not make it. Right. I love that greenwashing. I've not heard that one before. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really understand because they'll pull that out and sell it and it'll have three other ingredients that you really don't want, you know, and the green tea is not going to balance it out. Right. Right. And the word, the the terms natural and organic don't necessarily mean a whole lot either. Yeah. A lot of times they put it in their name, you know? Yeah. 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 It's more of a marketing. Such such organics, but there's not an organic thing in there. Right. right? (laughs) Oh, goodness. I know there's there's kind of a difference in standards between the United States and what some other countries are doing. Are you familiar with this? Like I think the European Union in particular has a much narrower list of ingredients that that they've deemed to be acceptable yeah. to go into skincare yeah. products. Is that yeah. you know, it's really interesting. Like if you travel internationally and you go buy L'Oreal, like you know, for example, and then you buy it here, it's a very different product Mm -hmm. and you can't find the same thing. And I actually remember when I first started traveling, I was like, why is, why can't I find this? Or I can't find that. And they have very different standards. And, you know, I was just thinking about this because I was wondering if you would bring it up. And I actually just Googled because now of course Google is available for this kind of thing. And I just was like, you know, maybe things have changed because I didn't want to give you like old numbers, right. That I remember like, well, maybe things have changed. And then I actually Googled it and and it says right here, the EU law bans 1,328 chemicals from cosmetics that are known or suspected to cause cancer, genetic mutation, reproductive harm, or or birth defects. In comparison, the US FDA has only banned or restricted 11 chemicals. Oh, wow. I think that's interesting because you you had mentioned in that lineup reproductive issues. And I just read an amazing book called Countdown. And it was essentially uh, the premise of the book is that sperm counts in the last 40 years have reduced by 50%. And the author kind of goes in primarily into the chemical changes that and the chemicals that have been introduced into our environments and our products. But what does that say about our health in general and how we've seen this radical uptick in chronic illnesses in the past same same period of time, really? You know, our body has a tremendous chemical load on it and we don't really think about it because it's just slowly kind of happened over time. Right. And right. for people like me, you know, with all these canaries going off in the coal mine, like it's a little bit, I'm a little more aware, but right. if you're a hardier individual with, you know, an immune system, that's not as on alert, you know, you can be carrying a lot of toxic um, chemicals without even realizing it, your exposure can be high and you don't even realize it until it becomes, you know, an even greater challenge. And it's one of those things, like when I, when I hear certain statistics, you know, it's like, Oh, come on, that just can't be possible. And I think the latest statistic I heard was a report from the CDC that there's 270 pounds of chemicals produced per day per person. Oh my gosh. And it's like, it was a CDC study about exposure to children and how it's really high right now. And it's something that, you know, when you think about it, like it's like flame retardant sleepwear, 
right? right? Those are right. very dangerous <laughs> chemicals. But at the same time, you know, your bedding won't catch on fire. Like I understand why we're making those choices. It feels safe, right? And we want our children to be safe. So, but then at the same time, you start adding on so many different layers. And it's, I mean, even our, our clothing now, like it used to be cotton and wool. Now it's like ingredients I don't even recognize, right? right. right. Um, you think about like going into the new new home or the new car smell, like those are all different things that really your body wasn't naturally meant to be exposed. Like how many hours do you spend in the car? Not as much now, of course, with, you know, the way things have been with us working remotely from home, but it used to be right. most people commute an hour or two or more in their car. Right. So if you think, start thinking about all the exposure that we have, it's really a challenge to pull right. back on that. And I just find for me, skincare and then my underwear, right? Cause that's what's up against my areas that are the most absorbent. I try right. to make those organic as, okay. as much possible. That I'm still battling, sense. don't get me wrong. I'm still trying to make sure that I don't get things coming into my environment, but think about it. There's so much, like I actually have been, I've got a relatively new sofa and I've been waking up. If I take a nap, like on the weekends, my face will be puffy. And I'm like, I think I'm allergic to something on my sofa. Right. But like, I don't right. know what's in there. It's, right. It could be foam. It could be some sort of protective sp spray repellent. Like, and know. there's a lot about the off-gassing of these things, particularly oh, in wow. furniture that I've read a lot about. But yeah, we we don't and, think know, about that. Like we haven't had toxins in this world. We have. I mean, like think yeah. about lead paint, right? That's been around for a long time. Asbestos. Like we have had exposure, mm -hmm. but it's just the depth and layering on of all these different kinds of ingredients right. that go to make up our modern world. The body's very resilient, but it can only handle so much. Amazingly resilient. Yeah. 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 Supportive. Yeah. Well, can you talk a little bit about what foods are good for nourishing your skin, both inside and out and what kinds of foods, you know, we talked about inflammation a little bit, what kinds of foods are inflammatory and might affect your skin that way? Right. Well, first off, it is individualistic, right? Mm -hmm. Because we all have different responses. So if you're allergic to something, no, that's not good for your skin. So don't yeah. do it. Right. 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 If you have an allergic reaction. You notice yourself just not digesting, absorbing. Those are things you definitely want to keep in mind. Yeah. And, but anything that, you know, vitamin A is known for, for being great for your skin. Actually, you want to have all your, you know, as much nutrition as possible. So I know it's easy to say what foods, but I think it's really what you want to say is like, where do I get the maximum nutrition? Right. Yeah. Because nutrition is really what helps give your body everything it needs to heal. So right. obviously leaf greens are so good for you, right? The kales, the spinaches, you know, anything that helps you with the maximum nutrition, a lot of orange things show that they have a lot of great vitamin A in them. So squashes, uh, sweet potato, you know, if you can eat those things, eat them as much as you can, just keep it highly packed with nutrition. Try to avoid the things that are really more sugar because sugar definitely creates inflammation in the body. Right. Some people can do wheat. Some people can't, you want to be really aware of it, right? Cause those turn into sugars in your body. So anything that starts giving you, making you kind of puffy is kind of a flag, right? That's an inflammation flag. Okay. A lot of women especially notice, right? They call it, I'm feeling bloated today. A lot of times it's what you ate and you know it, right? Mm -hmm. Alcohol, sadly, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one is really, you know, nice uh, social lube, especially if you're out somewhere right. um, at an event or something, which I haven't been to in so long. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, there's all those things that you, so again, maximum nutrition, what is it your body you can feel stronger on, you feel healthier, what makes you feel not so good or weak or sluggish? It's very simple. Like your body tells you pretty quickly and right away what exactly. Means. And then of course, if you want to really get under, you know, get deep understanding, you know, someone like you, Jen, right. That can help walk people through what are your goals and objectives? What right. is it that you want to have experience and how do you actually really test that? Do some food testing, some other right. things like that. Right. So my final question has to do with sun exposure. I know we've traditionally been kind of shunned away from being in the sun and have been told to, again, slather ourselves in chemicals to avoid getting that sun exposure. But what are your thoughts on being out in the sun? And do we wear chemical sunscreens? Do we not wear them? Like, what do we do? And yeah, 
So obviously it's just my opinion because I am not an official in any way. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher, but I do have a body. Right? And you have great I skin. <laughs> and I and I'm from Florida, you know, and I'm an outdoors girl. I would rather be outdoors than indoors. I love nature, I love activity, I love doing, and I love the sun. I'm like mm-hmm. a cat. I just there's just something about the sun that I absolutely love. And so I do have a lot of people ask me, well, you know, is there sunscreen in your skincare? And I'm like, no, there isn't. I know that that can be seen as a negative because a lot of times people say, well, make sure you choose, you know, skincare with sunscreen in it. But as you mentioned, Jen, it is a bunch of chemicals and I actually have reaction to a lot of sunscreen. So I have to be very careful again about what I do with my skin. And I actually find that getting some sun is really what I need to keep myself healthy and my skin healthy. So I try to get 20 to 30 minutes a day. I like to go out, you know, it's harder in the winter, but I actually start getting sun as soon as the sun comes out, even if it's sometimes like just above freezing. If I can find a sunny place where I'm blocked from um, wind, my rooftop, I live in a condo, my rooftop does that. And whenever I actually go out, I try to go out without my sunglasses so that I'm fully like getting that, like I'm waking up with the day, I'm setting my clock. I find that it's just better for me. And I also am really concerned about the fact that so many people don't have enough vitamin D and, you know, vitamin D, which is really a hormone happens where you're exposed to sun. And I think I mentioned to you that I post a humanized health podcast in which I interview a bunch of different people who are experts in their field. And one of the things that that was being said by Dr. Murray, whose actually book of natural medicine was one of the books that helped me create my skincare. He said that right now they have noticed that people who have passed away due to COVID have a vitamin D deficit. And the right. people that do not have a vitamin D deficit are surviving and thriving. Right. And that's kind of interesting to me because I'm like, well, most people have vitamin D deficiencies because we're all wearing sunscreen, right? We can't actually process and get vitamin D naturally like we normally do. And it just doesn't sit right with me, right? So for me, I believe that for my skin, a little bit of vitamin D from the sun, 20 to 30 minutes a day is really important. Now, if I'm out surfing all day or if I'm out and I know I wear a hat, I wear long sleeves, I regulate how much I get because I don't want to get burned because that's the other side, right? When you get right. too much sun, right? Then your body can go into shock. You know, you don't want to burn and peel. That's actually, you know, a whole nother level of inflammation, right? right. So it's right. about being really thoughtful about how you do it. Like it's like, making sure that you eat a well-balanced meal. So you don't want to just go out and sun worship and and be out there for hours burning and crisping, but you do want enough that you know that your levels are at the best so that you can fight off viruses. Right. And I think almost everything in terms of creating optimal health is, is about creating balance. No, you know, the, the kind of Goldilocks effect, not too much and and not too little. And I think that certainly applies to, to sun exposure. It's been kind of demonized in, in years past. And certainly when we want to be wary of, you know, factors contributing to sun skin cancer, but in terms of creating balanced, healthy wellness, like what you were saying, having exposure without burning mm-hmm. really has a lot of benefits. I find a very big hat is can be quite a statement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like an umbrella on your head, but you know, with some glasses and some flowy sleeves, you know, protects yeah. you and it's comfortable and you're outdoors and you're, you know, you don't have to put chemicals on. Now, if I'm out surfing, I'm going to take zinc and I'm going to make sure I'm not burning. Right. But I watch it as soon as I come back in. And again, I make sure it's just zinc. So yeah. Yeah. And for, for people who aren't familiar with the difference between the the chemical sunscreens and the mineral based ones like zinc, that's creating more just a a barrier rather than the stuff that the chemicals are doing. Yes. So, all right, great. Well, those are all fantastic tips and I'm really excited that you uh, were able to join us today on, on the podcast. It's been a pleasure, Jen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's great information. So if there, uh, our audience wants to get a hold of you and learn more about you and learn about more about virtue skin food, are you online? Where can they find you? 
Right. We're, we're online, you know, the URL is virtueskinfood.com. Great. You can check out everything we have. You can send a question if you want. Love any questions. If anybody's have any experiences and wants to share, would love to hear. So yeah, thank you. Great. Great. And I'll put that in the show notes too. So people can find you. So anyway, thank you, Rebecca, for joining us today. It was great to have you on and was a joy talking to you. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any statements and views expressed by myself or my guests are not medical advice. The opinions of guests are their own and the Body Literacy Podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. If you have a medical problem, please consult a qualified and competent medical professional. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Body Literacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and sign up for updates over at genmayo.com. 